episode number 21, How to Financially Prepare to Buy Your First Home, part three. Let's do this. What's up, everybody? It's David Sidoni, the How to Buy a Home Guy. I'm a realtor here in Southern California with EXP Realty, focusing on you first-time buyers. And today, we're going to be focusing and digging deep in the financial preparations to buy that first home. It's my mission to help first-time buyers all over North America. And in fact, now, guess what? All over the world. I've gone global, y'all. What's up? I got a new friend named Albert in London who found the podcast, emailed me, And now we're talking about trying to figure out how to find him a unicorn agent in the UK. If you're not familiar with what a unicorn agent is, well, then you need to go back and listen to all these other free informational podcasts, and they'll tell you exactly how you benefit from finding yourself a unicorn realtor, real estate agent, or an estate agent in the UK. If that doesn't make any sense to you, well, then that's probably because you haven't listened. And then this is really going to confuse you because you just jumped halfway in part three of a four-part episode. Well, it's not one four-part episode, it's four episodes all on one topic, financial preparation for buying your first home. So hopefully you've listened to one and two, which starts, now this gets confusing, at episode 19 and 20. With me? Okay, great. Just go to the website, it'll help you all out. Start where it says part one. So here comes the recap. Let's go over the steps we've done, and then we'll go into the remaining steps we've got for today. Step one, save, suck it up, hashtag adulting. (laughs) If you're not into it, too bad. Look, it's good practice. We talked about the 70, 10, 10, 10, and if that idea is killing you, I feel you. Take the last 10 and turn it into your FOMO account. Don't deny yourself living your best life now, but if you do the other 10, 10, you'll be living a better life later on and you can automate your saving today. How do you do that? Step two, use the apps. I'm dead serious about helping you guys using those apps. I told you last time to stop the podcast and use the app, research the app, and download them to your phone. So I'm telling you again, if you didn't do it before, stop the show right now. Do it. They're all on the website, davidsedoni.com. Go there, look at episode, what was that, episode 20, and find an app. Do it right now. Bye. And welcome back. Okay, where were we? Step three, start an emergency fund. Just do it. Step four, credit. Learn all you can. Check on your credit and remember what I said. Start doing it now because the longer you're fixing it, then the better your score is going to be. Step number five, improve the interest rates you have today by just making a few phone calls. You can do it. Step number six, money chunks disgusting, not so great terminology, but guess what? It's good for you. Use them wisely. Step seven, house hacks. Think about having roommates when you move into your new house or think about buying a duplex as your first property that you own. Okay, let's get into today's step, starting with step eight. This first one might kind of throw you for a loop. You ready? Change your job. You got to earn more money. Woo, harsh, huh? Look, I don't make the rules. If you flatlined on your income or you don't think you're going to make much more and that income that you're at doesn't qualify you for a home, well, that means you have to find a job with more income growth potential. 
I've got some ideas for side hustles and second jobs, and that's coming up later. But the reality is if you sit down and you do the math and your current income, your salary doesn't qualify you, then that means you're rented for life. And rents always go up. And a mortgage, it stays the same. So unless you can figure out a way to keep that job and save up enough money to buy a home cash someday, which is pretty darn tough, then you got to start looking at making a change. Recently, the average raise per year is hovering around a measly 3%. Not per year, just the average raise. Whenever you get it, it's only about 3%. So if you want to earn more money, you need to think about changing your job. And this is a really scary stat. If you stay in a job longer than two years, you will make an average of 50% less over your lifetime than if you had job hopped early in your career. One of my mentors who has no idea that I'm alive, Gary Vaynerchuk, he's 43 years old and I listen to his stuff all the time and he always talks to entrepreneurs in their 20s. And he says, damn, I'm 43 and I bet you think I'm old as fudge. Now, if you know Gary, you know that he's from Jersey and the dude does not say fudge, but I cleaned it up a little bit. But the idea is that he's in his 40s, he's an entrepreneur, he's out there talking to people, changing the world, and he says, you guys, I'm telling you, he says I'm 43 and I'm telling you, I'm 49. And I'm telling you, I feel like I'm 22, 25, just a hell of a lot smarter. Look, I'm 49. Do I sound like I'm done? I'm starting a revolution at 49 years old, and I've lived two lifetimes so far. I'm just starting number three right now. So don't freak out about this. If your numbers aren't working today, you've got plenty of time to change your path. Let me repeat this. If you stay in your job with little future for two years, you make an average of 50% less over your lifetime if you don't job hop. Now, a lot of you phase twoers and phase three years out there, you're either on your way to or at an income that qualifies you. So now you've got some math to do. You've got two options. You can live on 70% of your income and start doing the math to figure out how much time it's going to take you to save up that minimum that we talked about in episode or part one. Or you could start your side hustle and use some of the tips I've got coming up that will help you to get your down payment, which leads me directly into step nine, work a second job. This is good advice for any of your life goals, not just saving for a down payment. This could be saving for your dream vacation, trying to pay off your debt, trying to take a trip to Coachella. I keep using that example. It's making me sound older and older every time. You know, maybe you're trying to retire early. Maybe you're trying to take a trip to wine country. Maybe you're trying to take an Alaskan cruise. I don't know what you're trying to do, but this can be something that can help you. And a second job doesn't have to be forever. Now, some of you guys heard me talk about my girl, Casey. She's like probably 22 years old. She graduated from college, got a degree in her passion, music. She took her degree from UMass, came home here to SoCal, got a job with Yamaha. Huge, right? But because she was thinking about saving up and making sure that she had her future all set up, she took a second job at Disneyland on the weekends. She was working in the park improvement and cleanliness department. That's what I call sanitation. <laughs> you know I love you, Casey. It's actually a really cool department at Disneyland with some really sweet people. And guess what? She just finished the Yamaha gig. It was a six-month job. And she's going to go full-time now as Mickey Mouse's janitor. I'm not kidding. This second job offers her more opportunity and more happiness than she ever had dreamed of. And that was in her passion, in music. So you never know what a side gig can do for you. You might find your happiness at another place of employment. It might offer you bigger chances of promotion. 
at the very least, you're going to be doubling your money when you're working at the second job because you'll be working instead of finding ways to be spending on all your days off. Leads us to step 10. Doesn't have to be a straight up job. You can just get a side hustle. If you've got irregular hours or if you just want to figure out how to work a side hustle on the weekend, start doing a side hustle to give you some more flexibility. I mean, think about it. How much downtime do you really need from all the rough and tumble rigor of your full-time current job? Do you seriously need the whole weekend to recoup so you can wake up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed on Monday? Well, if you don't, then go ahead and get your side hustle. And you don't have to do that side hustle forever. You can just try them out. And a lot of the side hustles, they're online. And I know that sounds like that's the easy way to make money. Make money in your pajamas while you're sitting on your computer. A lot of times it's faster and easier to make money in the regular world. So take a look at both options. Now, if you want your side hustle to be something you're thinking about turning into a career, then by all means, dig deep into that whole e-commerce online entrepreneurial side gig. But if you're just looking for a side gig for extra money, think about the real world options. You start driving for Lyft or Uber. You become a tasker through TaskRabbit. You can use your art, your graphic artistry, or your other skills, voiceover, all kinds of crazy stuff on the site Fiverr. Check it out. It originated with anything for five bucks, but now you can pretty much find everything on there. And I know a lot of professionals that use Fiverr to get graphic arts, voiceover, sound effects, all kinds of interesting things. You can start a babysitting service give music lessons, be a dog walker, whatever. A side hustle is just that. It's a side gig. Embrace what it is. It's smart planning for your future. Just an extra way for you to make some money in your spare time. Step 11, sell your stuff. Look, if you're listening to this podcast, that means that you got first world problems, right? Because I'm in your ear holes on some sort of smart device, which means you've got enough money to have a smartphone. There are a lot of people in this world that are just trying to get clean water. So you probably have too much stuff. So do like that girl on Netflix. Does it bring you joy? <laughs> you don't want your home to be cluttered. Find everything that brings you joy. If your t-shirts don't bring you joy, throw them away. Well, think about this. You might have some stuff in there that somebody else wants to buy. So go for it. Go minimalistic. It's free. Look, eBay is a gold mine if you live in a first world. All right? You used to collect stuff maybe. Or maybe you've just got some stuff that you don't use anymore. Somebody out there is probably super excited to either start collecting that or start using that stuff that you don't use right now. And if you want to get really visionary about this, the less stuff that you have, well, that means the more space you're going to have in your new place and the less money you have to pay the movers or in beer and pizza to your friends to move your stuff into your new house that you buy. How's that for optimistic? Step number 12, transportation. Now, this is a weird one for me because I spent my whole life growing up here in SoCal. You got to have a car. Your freeways are your life. And I know some of you are going, what's well, a freeway? Because you live in other parts of the country where you call it an interstate. We don't call it 405. We call it the 405. I don't know why. That's just the way it is. So where you live right now, maybe you got to have a car too. I get it. You can't bail on your car totally. But do you have to drive everywhere? Now, my boys from the How to Money podcast, Joel and Matt, they actually started that podcast because they figured out that they liked biking. Their first episode is just all about biking. It's called How to Money, but I was like, it sounds more like how to bike. But they figured out that with their biking, they could get to places and save some money. 
and they decided it was a really cool thing for them to do. Here's something to do if you need to have your car to get everywhere. Keep a small notebook in your car. Document every single little trip. With a little planning, maybe a little less TV time or getting up a little earlier, after a week you can figure out which one of those trips you could have done with perhaps an alternate means of transportation. What if you're one of those people who says, oh, I'd totally work out if I had the time. How about this? Every morning you drive through a coffee place on your way to work. So go to bed 45 minutes earlier, skip the Stranger Things 3. Sorry if you're listening to this in the future, I'm recording this in the summer of 2019. So skip your favorite bingeable TV show, go to bed 45 minutes earlier, get up 45 minutes earlier, and then take a brisk walk to a coffee shop. Now, if you've already started your budgeting, you're not walking to a Starbucks, because probably a $5 mocha frappa latte chino milkshake thing is not your budget, and you're walking to a Dunkin' Donuts for a $1.25 coffee. But you take the walk to get that, you take the walk back, instead of driving through in the morning. There. It's not necessarily saving you major on your transportation, but you're getting some walking and biking in and starting to put that into your normal routine. And if you just are more strategic with planning all of your errands into one trip instead of two or three or four, that's a great way for you to, to save on your transportation as well. Now, if you are someone who lives in an area with public transportation, seriously consider getting rid of a car if you have one. I know so many people that have cars in places just in case road trip. Everyone's so excited. Dude, gotta have a car. Road trip. Let me tell you something. At one point in my life with two kids, we ended up becoming a one-car family and I Ubered just to try it. Totally worked out. And if that didn't work, I rented a car. When you figure out how much money you spend on registration, car insurance, parking, storing a vehicle versus renting for that one road trip, you'll see it's way cheaper. Think about it. Get rid of that car. And remember, a car is the greatest depreciating asset you can have. And a house is an appreciating asset that you get to sleep in. Number 13, lower those big expenses. Yeah, we're going to talk about working on those small expenses, but they don't have nearly as much impact as cutting down on the big ticket items. If you're having trouble swallowing this concept, then I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. It doesn't make much sense. But if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably thinking, all right, what are the big things I can cut down on? Here's a big one. Move to a cheaper place while you save. Something to think about. Something that you might be able to do. Maybe go from the roommate situation to sleeping on the couch. Have a friend move into your room and you sleep on the couch as long as you and all your roommates are cool. Or move back home with the parents, whatever. One of the times in my house, we had a big leak in the kitchen and had to put plastic all over the kitchen. And my kids were like, what the heck's going on? Was it rough on us? Yeah. Was it tough? Yeah. But you know what we said for two months? Whatever. It's an adventure. And by the end of it, we were like, it's an adventure. Sure, our house looks like a biohazard with plastic all over it. We can't get water downstairs or in the kitchen. But if you think of it as an adventure and you realize that there's going to be something great at the end of it, whether it's six months, eight months, or a year that you're sleeping on the couch or living at home with your parents, when you get that plastic ripped down and you get your fancy new kitchen, but instead for you, it's going to be a whole house, it's a great feeling. Now, we've all got different big expenses. What's yours? Maybe not just your living expense. Do you have other ones? Think about it. Does it really, really add up having that big expense in your life when you consider all the math of owning your own place and building your wealth? 
versus being trapped to renting. Number 14, this is kind of an easy one going back with all the early steps, lower those small expenses. It's not going to have the same impact as moving to a cheaper place, you know, or saving on a big expense, but every single dollar counts. Use those apps. Now, you know my philosophy here. Live your life. Go ahead. Don't deprive yourself of anything. Don't do that. But the app is going to tell you when you're overindulging. These things really add up. And if you're serious about buying a home, then you'll be able to give some of that stuff up. Go through your app, take a good look at it, and see where you're overspending. Track it. Track it, and you'll be able to figure it out. And step 15, live on one income. That sounds kind of funny, but there are different people listening to this podcast, and maybe you're somewhere out there with you and somebody else are thinking about buying a house. Well, try living on one income. A lot of people do it. Heck, the most courageous people in our country, single parents, they all live on one income and make it work. Couples with a stay-at-home parent, they make it work too. Or you know who else makes it work? Single people. So why can't you do the same? I uh, had another great Disney couple today getting ready to buy their first house. Talked to Mark and Tiffany, and they're putting 50% away each, saving their money. Same concept. So it's really easy for you. Just figure out the simple math. You can do 50-50, or you can just say, you, all your money goes into savings. Now, there's a great story about a guy who took a big chunk of savings like that. And it was pretty scary the way he did it. I'm going to get parts of the story wrong, but I know I remember he was a postal worker who was making $14,000 a year. And then this is the part that gets fuzzy. Somebody, I can't remember who it was, a financial friend, a mentor, told him like, hey, why don't you just live on, you know, I don't know, like what would happen if you had to take 40% out of your paycheck? And he was like, seriously, bro, I'm making 14 grand a year. How could I do that? And whoever this friend or mentor was, he said to him, well, what if the government said that you're getting taxed 40% more? And the guy said, I'd pay it or I'd go to jail. And this advisor said, cool, do that, pay it. I'm the government. Cut to the end of the story. This guy retired with $70 million. So think about it. Take a chance. Understand that compounding in, whoops. So think about it. Take a chance. Compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. The two of you will figure out how to live on one income while you can put the rest into a savings account. So here's the recap of steps one through 15. Number one, save your money. Number two, app it up. Use those apps, automate your savings. Number three, start yourself an emergency fund. Number four, check your credit. Number five, change your current interest rates on the revolving credit that you have right now. Number six, use those money chunks wisely. Number seven, think about a house hack when you're getting ready to buy roommates, duplexes, all kinds of fun things. Now we get into today's steps. Today we talked about step eight, change your job. Woohoo! Captain Positive is back again. Sorry, that might be what you got to do. Step number nine, work a second job. Now, not, don't work twice as hard, just pick up some extra shifts someplace else. Number 10, get your side hustle on. Could be combined with your second job. You never know. Number 11, all right, look around. You might have money lying at your feet in your apartment, in your garage, maybe in your parents' garage. What can you sell? Number 12, reevaluate your transportation. Go green to make some green. Number 13, watch the big expenses. 
Is there one big expense that you can cut? Number 14, keep an eye on those small expenses. It takes just a week or two of tracking to see where you could save some money. Track it, track it, track it. You'd be surprised. And number 15, be a sugar daddy or a sugar mama. Seriously, give it a shot. Live on one income. All right, next episode, part four of this incredible podcast. Yes, I just called my own podcast incredible. Part four is going to be the last five steps. I know I said 19, but I added one because we need to talk about PMI because so many of you out there are asking what PMI is. And if you don't know what it is, well then, good. Tune in next week and you'll find out. Remember, if this podcast has brought up more questions than answers, that's a good thing. Questions are good. This is a big deal. I want you to face the evil high-rent monster head on, armed with a barrage of weapons and knowledge. You need to be prepared for yourself. Let's do that again. And knowledge. And if you've got more questions, feel free to email me directly at davidsidoni.com. That's david, S-I-D-O-N-I.com. Send your questions directly there. At that same website, that's davidsidoni.com, you're going to find a list of resources. And they're all at the bottom of the transcript with fancy clickable links so you can dig deeper into your research. I'm going to tell you all the places where I got some of the information that I gave you today. I kind of narrowed it down cliff note style for you. But all you got to do is davidsidoni.com, click on the podcast tab, and then this is going to be episode 21. Scroll down at the bottom of the transcript, click on those links. I'm also on Instagram with bonus videos and bonus content for you. There's a Facebook page, How to Buy a Home, sticking with the How to Buy a Home Guy theme. Go on that Facebook page, and like I said, if you're not on Facebook, cool, check us out on YouTube, davidsidoni.com, or on Instagram. Now, don't let these questions or the fear of homeownership stop you from defeating your insane high rents or stop you from being financially free. Look, you're going to have this monthly bill pretty much that you've agreed to pay for at some point, whenever you decide to move out of your mom's basement, look, either you're already paying rent right now, or you're going to decide someday you want to move out from your parents' house. So that means you're agreeing to pay this large monthly bill for the next 30 to 80 years. So let's go ahead and get you a plan so that you can make that bill start to work for you. I promise I'm going to keep giving you the roadmap, keep giving you the guidance so you can come out of this with your head held high. All you got to do is help me spread the word and I can keep doing this podcast. Go ahead and give me a review, click the stars, and more importantly, write a review and share this podcast. It helps so much. The more people that listen, that means the more time I can dedicate to this. Share, share, share with people. You want them to be the hero. You want them to help share, share, share. Share it out there. To everybody. We want everyone to feel like the hero that you're starting to feel like right now. Think about it. How are you feeling? A little more armed? A little more prepared? Good. And share it so someone else can feel like you. And then they can realize that just like you, they have the power too. You can do this.